In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswald. Get ready to learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry. Craig is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success, and he'll share tips and strategies on how you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. This high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. Plus, you'll learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. It's time to be a rock star with Rock Talk on Tuggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Deswalt. Hello, everybody. This is Craig Deswalt, and this is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. It is February 1st. 2011, and I'm not sure if that's Groundhog Day. Is that today or tomorrow? I'm not even sure. But I know Groundhog Day is somewhere around here, but it's tomorrow. I was just informed. So happy Groundhog Day tomorrow. No idea what it means. It has something to do with winter, but I live in sunny California, so there is no winter. No such thing as winter. I know all of you on the East Coast are like being pelted with snow right now, but that's your fault for living there. That's all I have to say. Anyway, today we have a very, 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 very special guest. I'm just going to do a little um, uh, thing about my boot camp first, and we're going to bring on a very, very, very special guest. So if you're listening, stay on. You do not want to miss, miss this guy. He's incredible, and he's actually a real-life star, and he's going to hate I hate that I use that term, star, because he's very humble, a very good friend of mine. A um, little bit about uh, the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camp, once again, is coming up March 10th to the 13th here in, um, here in Los Angeles, California at the Westin LAX. If you want to go to the boot camp, it's a four-day boot camp to learn how to think outside the box, how to become a rock star entrepreneur, tips how to use social networking and the internet to grow your business, how to make money on the internet, how to be inspired, be motivated to do better in life and in business. You've got to come to this four-day boot camp in March, March 10th to the 13th, 2011, at the Westin LAX Hotel in Los Angeles, right near the airport. Uh, we have about 375, actually, it's near 400 people coming so far. It's going to be an unbelievable event, so we're looking forward to having you join us. If you want to sign up for the event, go to www.craigdoeswalt.com forward slash bootcamp. That's C R A I G D U S W A L T dot com forward slash boot camp one word b-o-o-t-c-a-m-p if you go there click on the register here link it's 997 dollars to go but if you enter the word rockstar in the coupon code because you're listening to this show i give people discounts if they listen to my show enter the word rockstar one word in the coupon code and you get 700 dollars off the ticket and it's only 297 dollars to attend a four-day boot camp in Los Angeles in March. Uh, we'll have Kevin Cronin there, the lead singer of REO Speedwagon. He'll be talking about his days on tour with REO Speedwagon, and he'll be performing some of their hit songs. We have Derek Hall um, going to be there. He's the the uh, president and CEO of the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
And my next guest, I, we, he comes to all my boot camps, so uh, he's so busy right now, and so we'll ask him if he's coming to the boot camp as well. So my, uh, my guest for this show, a very, very great friend of mine, probably one of my best friends, if not my best friend, um, he happens to be the star of the uh, was the star because it's now over but it had an unbelievable seven or eight year run of the hit show 24 he played aaron pierce on the hit show 24 ladies and gentlemen we'll talk more about his past please welcome mr glenn morshower how are you glenn (laughs) Good morning and happy February, Craigie. <laughs> happy February to you <laughs> too, sir. So uh, I just talked to Glenn about 50, 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago. I had a fun night last night, didn't you, Glenn? Yeah, it took a little while. I had about a 10-and-a-half-hour return uh, day trip from uh, Salt Lake City back to Los Angeles just because a piece of the wing was missing from our plane. <laughs> And, and wings, I really I like when they, they discover these things on the ground as opposed to at 30,000 feet. So I felt enormously blessed that they had made that discovery before we lifted off. And I now know the Salt Lake Airport better than I ever wanted to. <laughs> That's too funny. Hey, uh, and also, um, they're saying the fo- phone sounds bad. I'm wondering, do we have a bad connection, Kerry? Maybe. Um, do you want to call, like, Glenn? They're going to call you right back. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stall. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, oh, beautiful live radio. I just love that. So, uh, Glenn is going to be right back. Apparently, that was a pretty bad phone connection. We're going to try to hook him up again. But uh, as I mentioned, he is the. Uh, he played Aaron Pierce on the show Twenty Four, and he just got back from Sundance. He was at Sundance. Uh, if he's back, just bring him on. I uh, just got back from Sundance in Salt Lake City, and instead of a one-hour and 45-minute flight back from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles, it took him ten and a half hours yesterday because, I guess, pieces of the wing were missing. So, Glenn, how was that? Well, I grabbed a different phone, so let's see. I okay. think this is probably going to be better. You know what? They just said much better, so we're good. All right. Well, I'm an extreme optimist anyway, so I just pre-decided <laughs> that this one would work better. <laughs> and I love that. And that is, uh, that is what you are. You are the I – am, I am too. That's why we probably get along so well. We are both the eternal optimist, aren't we? Yeah. Well, you know, what other way is there to live because the slant that we put on things in advance tends to be the lens through which we look – at whatever outcome we're after, and it automatically will take on the tone of whatever we pre-decide. You know, I say this in, in my seminars a lot. There, there has never been a diver in all of Olympic history who, upon vying for the gold medal, when they were up on the platform, stood there and thought, oh, my God, is this ever going to be difficult? <laughs> you know, they just that's not their meditation right before they sail off into the air. They're thinking it's rock and roll time, baby. They're thinking it's gold medal. They're thinking, you know, my country, whatever country it is they're diving for, yay, yay, my country. They're thinking nothing but good things and favorable outcomes. And, and frankly, I don't know why you would ever sit down to play a game that you expect to lose. Exactly. I don't know why you would do that. So at least going into it, expectation consciousness is uh, is really the place to be if you wish to achieve a favorable outcome. 
I live like that every day, and you do too. And I, I truly believe that's why um, you know we're both successful in what we do. Let's talk a bit about your success, so people know exactly. I mean, everyone knows you from 24. You get recognized in airports all over the country. In fact, yesterday you were at the airport and because someone recognized you that worked from Southwest, you said they actually uh, got you on a different flight, didn't they? So it pays yeah. to be, <laughs> it pays to be there successful. There are some real perks to being, uh, <laughs> to being recognized. And certainly the character of Aaron Pierce was... Uh, was a character that is uh, dear to people's hearts because he is a man of integrity and honor and so forth. And this uh, this employee from the airline came over, and we were all stuck there at the airport, and he says, you know, you're my favorite character on my favorite show. How can I help you get home? Because at this point, <laughs> I had been at the Salt Lake City Airport for five hours. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm sure you didn't expect to spend the remainder of your adult life here at the airport. So what can we do? And and so that is one of the nice things is there, you know, I was I was given assistance, and they wound up rerouting me a completely different way. I flew to a city that was out of the way, but at least I wound up in my own bed last night. So I was very grateful for that. You know, yeah. Craig, specifically, there are... Um, there are four rooms of of consciousness that I see very clearly. They're readily identifiable as to four basic places that anyone will be at any given time, beginning with the very first room, which is, I call it the room of inability, which is fear and doubt. It's when people move into something and their, their theme word is no, or an expression, yeah, but. They're, they're waiting to find reasons why their dreams can't come true or why somebody can't achieve something. And in many instances, that somebody isn't even them. It may be a loved one or a dear friend that's considering going into a business venture or maybe a possible relationship. Maybe they're thinking of getting married. And before listing reasons why they think that's a terrific choice, they're first leaning is to list reasons why it would be a bad choice. In other words, mm-hmm. coming from the word no. And I I made an observation just recently. You haven't even heard this. This is something that came up for me about three weeks ago. You know, I list the 10 most damaging things that were ever said to us in my seminars, and I won't list those in this morning's program, but I only want to mention one, and that is the saying, it's too good to be true. Mm. It's too good to be true, which when we translate that means that good things can't be true. (laughs) It's too good to be true. And yet, proof that we tend to have, at least environmentally, we we are inculcated with a leaning toward negativity, and I can prove that because here's the expression we've never heard. I've heard it's too good to be true my whole life, and everyone I know has heard that expression and or said that to someone. What we haven't heard is that's too bad to be true. Right. It's so interesting that no one has ever said to me, oh, my God, that is just too bad to be true, which means when we hear something that's awful, we have no trouble wrapping our minds around that. We can accept that immediately and go, wow, that's just awful, but Mm -hmm. it's not beyond our own comprehension. And when something is just outrageously good, we label it too good to be true, and we want to caution people to shy away from it because it simply couldn't be possible. 
I'll move through this real quickly. The second room, when we graduate out of fear and doubt and the room of inability, we now move into possibility, which is at least the room of the open-minded. It says, you know, I, I see this, this as a possibility. Here's an idea. Here's something that I, I'm looking to claim for my life, and it seems possible to me. So at least it's the room of neutrality. It's neither pro nor con. It's not for, it's not against, it just seems possible. Okay, so Glenn, 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 uh, we're going to go to commercial in about 15 seconds. So it's because it's possible that they're going to cut us off. So being in room (laughs) number two, (laughs) being Ah. in room number two, let's take a break, everyone. We'll be back uh, with uh, Glenn Morshauer going to rooms three and four. Four is my favorite room. And we have someone online that we're going to talk to in the next break. We'll be right back with Glenn Morshauer. How to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these on Toginet.com. It's time to get your boots on with the Boot Campaign with hosts Megan Roth and Bailey Gray Thursdays at noon, 1 central on Toginet.com, sponsored by Austin Bank. The whole point of the Boot Campaign is to continue the true grassroots initiative developed by a group of patriotic women known as the Boot Girls. Inspired by the true story of Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, the Boot Girls got started with celebrities but want every American to get your boots on by purchasing a pair of the Give Back Combat Boots. The campaign's motto is simple. When they come back, we give back. For more on the Boot Campaign, go to the website, bootcampaign.com. The Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show will feature discussions on current events impacting the lives of active duty and retired military, interviews with our nation's war heroes, medical professionals, and celebrities who have put their boots on. Do your part and join us for the Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show with Megan Roth and Baby Gray, Thursdays at noon, 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Rock Talk. Teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my... 
We are back at Rock Talk with Craig Duzzle and my special guest, Glenn Moore Shower. Uh, we're going to get back to Glenn in a second. Glenn is still on the line with us. Uh, Glenn, we have, a, we have a guest that wants to talk to us, a very, um, very interesting character who uh, is, is going to you know, be uh, – he's going to give me some crap right now, I have a feeling, but I don't know why. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome internet marketing guru and my good friend and Glenn's good friend, Mr. Tom Antion. Hello, Tom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yay! Hey, I, I, I'm only going to take a second because I got a bone to pick with both of you. Uh-oh, we're in trouble, Glenn. With you, uh, Craig, yeah. you are an out-and-out liar on this show. Absolutely. You claimed that there's no winter in California, and I, in my possession, have a picture of a snowman on your front yard. Now, you tell me how you justify that. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, one day, this is how California rolls. One day, it snowed. We made a snowman. The next day, all the snow was gone. That's it. That's how well, winter. we had one day. Technically, you had a winter, so you yes. are a liar. And Glenn... Here's, oh, yeah, here's, here's Glenn. I, I've been on a plane up in first class with loads of celebrities, and they're always wanting extra services and, and all kinds of perks. And you have the nerve to request a fully operating wing on an airplane. And I just don't, I just can't stand that kind of behavior. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to say that I'm weird that way. <laughs> You're such when, a diva, When I Glenn. fly, I don't like to see dangling pieces of metal flapping in the wind. <laughs> well, see, that's just because you're such a big superstar. Us, us normal people, the cattle back in coach, and all of us other peons that have to put up with that. But <laughs> You know, if, if we can take this a step further, Tom, since you mentioned uh, that internet, I will tell you that, you know, every... Everything I move through, I'm I'm simultaneously not only the experiencer, but I am also the observer of it. To move outside and look at it objectively, and since I was going to be at the airport for many, many hours, it gave me a chance to observe the response to that event, which I might add was widely, <laughs> widely, up to and including some person who they were looking to potentially call the police. Oh my God! <laughs> For real. So this is this is proof that it is not the stimulus that creates the outcome, but rather our reaction to the stimulus. Because many of us were simply grateful that they had discovered this, and right. I had other people that I watched who were cursing the airline, <laughs> literally cursing the airline and the jerks that work for them. Oh, and, my and I just God. thought, wow, this is amazing. It's an amazing study in human behavior. You know what? You should have let them go ahead and take the flight, those people only. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, guys, hey, I'm going to see you in March at the Rockstar event. I hope everybody else signs up and comes there. And, uh, and uh, good talking to you guys. Great show. And, Tom, it'd be nice to chat with you. I just got in, and I have been on a whirlwind run for several weeks. So Give we'll, me a call. We'll talk. Now I'm quiet for a couple of weeks. Okay, man. Catch you later. Be well. Bye, Tom. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, uh, Glenn, uh, we have one more caller on, and I think we both know. Uh, all the way from – I don't know what it, is, what it is with the East Coast right now, but someone else from now West Virginia, our good friend, Mr. Alan Skidmore. Hello, Alan. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey, Alan. How are What's you today? Happening? 
Hey, another day in uh, paradise. Let me tell you, we were above freezing today, so it's a good day. <laughs> Congratulations. I had a woman who told me on the plane last night that she had left Denver and that the predictable high for today was negative four. Oh, joy. <laughs> negative four. But yeah. it, it, it's actually 60 degrees today. It's the first time we've seen that in like two months. So it's been uh, today's a good day. It's uh, finally uh, improving. So. Well, what's anyway, good? What's what's happening in your world? Oh, buddy, I tell you, I'm busier than a one-armed paper hanger. It's been good. I want to tell you that we watched an episode or a movie called Star Trek Generations and saw a young Glenn Moore shower steering a starship last night. So that was a pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, Glenn. That was that was pretty neat. Uh, but we uh, we watched that last night. I've seen a lot of your stuff here lately. It's amazing well, the number of uh, shows that you've been in. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe back then I actually had this weird thing called hair. You did. You did. <laughs> it was. I mean, we noticed uh, noticed you right off. Said, "Hey, there's Glenn." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good. Uh, saw that. We've seen several things with you in it here recently. It uh, uh, it's been real good. Hey, talking about the stuff uh, you were you were discussing earlier. Let me tell you what. Uh, you and I had a discussion about a year ago, and one of the questions you you asked me, you said, "What is your spontaneity quotient?" Mm-hmm. wasn't really sure what to, how to answer that, and I said, well, I think I'm fairly open. And, and ever since that, that's been roughly a year ago. I have uh, been much more open to things. And let me tell you what, uh, last year was an amazing year. Got to hang out with some wonderful people like you guys and uh, meet some wonderful folks at the seminars. And, and just over the past year, it's just been an amazing ride, and I look forward this year to even being better. So uh, I appreciate your insights on that. So I've taken a lot well, of things you've said you to know, The thing is, Alan, when we, when we come from the word no, yep. not only do we rule out the thing we're saying no to, and I'm not saying there are not things that we shouldn't say no to. There, there are absolutely things where no is the correct uh, response. But, but if something it feels new and refreshing and invigorating, it's probably going to be very interesting for us. But the problem is when we say no because of fear, you know, it's going to feel different or it's a little bit out of our comfort zone and we might have to stretch in consciousness to get there. The problem is by saying no to it, we also are saying a zillion no's to everything that that particular experience connects itself to. Exactly. And that's the bigger concern. It's not just that one thing you're saying no to, but what other lily pads is that lily pad linked to? So every choice we make is a doorway to all things connected to it, and it's just um, it's an important thing to remember when we're deciding what we will and won't do. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. Uh, just uh, be open to things, and and you got to pay attention to the nose, but. be up to more yeses instead of the noes, though. I think yeah, you're, and, and you're I also much think just checking in with the machinery. Yep. I think that, that I, I'll use stronger words because the truth is I don't think. I really do understand completely that this machinery that is us, this human machinery, has things about it that are spectacular. Yeah. And one of those is a sense of knowing that exists in our solar plexus. If we will just check in, and, and I've... I've there have been countless numbers of times where I've interviewed people and found out that they got into something that turned ugly, and they explained to me that, you know what, I knew. You're right. I knew. And you they do. knew in their gut not to, and yet they ignored it, and they proceeded, and then paid dearly for it. So I always encourage people, 
when you're considering choosing or not choosing something, go into your solar plexus and see what it is you're feeling initially because it comes very, very quickly. You don't have to think this stuff out. There is a green light, a yellow light, or a red light that goes on within us. And if it's green or yellow, then I say go accordingly. Green, go ahead. Yellow, go, but be aware, be mindful. And, boy, if you get a red light, if you get an uncomfortable feeling, that is your signal to just stop right there in your tracks, honor who it is you are, and not proceed. Exactly, exactly. Uh, You need to check in. You've got that nailed uh, perfectly because that – I see too many people just plowing forward and wonder what happened, and they just they weren't paying attention. So you're absolutely right with that. Yeah, and last time I checked, I remember that Craig once upon a time was hosting this show. He you was. This is like the greatest <laughs> show I've done so far. I usually talk all the time. I'm just loving this. I'm sitting here with my wife, Natasha, just listening to you too. Carry on. Love it, love it, love it. It's all good. Well, I will I will uh, at least wrap up the discussion that I sure. had, uh, opened up on the Okay, the so Alan, uh, so then uh, uh, I'm going to click Alan off. Alan, love you, buddy, and I'll see you in March. Hey, guys, uh, take care. Glenn, nice to talk to you guys again. I will see you guys next month. Have a good one. Thanks, Alan. I'm free now. I've got kind of a light schedule. Love to talk with you further. We'll call you soon. Thank you, sir. Okay, bud. Have a good one. Bye-bye. So, yeah, so, uh, Glenn, uh, yes, uh, uh, this is great having um, – a speaker on as a guest because, well, Glenn and I did not prepare for this show at all. I, I, uh, Glenn is a very, very dear friend of mine. I called him like 15 minutes ago. I said, Glenn, you want to do a show? And he's like, all right. <laughs> and so we're just going to talk. And, and, um, and great things happen when, when people just have a conversation. It's, it's more real. There's nothing planned. There's no questions planned. And I love shows like that. Glenn, we have about two minutes left till the break. So let's do this. Um, we're going to talk about, we're, we're, we've talked about rooms one and two, um, uh, inability and possibility. Uh, three and four, like I said, the good rooms. But let's talk about this before we go there because we will go to break and then we'll come back and talk about rooms three and four. Let's okay. talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing because all these stuff, all these things that you're talking about, people are thinking, thinking, wait a minute, this guy's an actor. I mean, uh, actors aren't this, like, well-schooled, well-spoken. They get scripts, and they're really good at that. But this guy is, like, really, wow. Uh, Tell them a little bit about the extra mile and uh, what you do and and that you're a speaker besides being an actor. Yeah, this is a program that I have traveled extensively sharing with uh, Audiences that range anywhere from 50 people on the small side to the largest audience I had, which was this past summer, of 3,800 people. And it doesn't matter to me. Any size audience is a a wonderful audience. And as long as they are there by choice and uh, have a strong desire to open their hearts, then they will be my target audience. That's it. The extra mile, the term, is something that I did the program for years with it being – nameless. And then something occurred to me that I I just felt like it needed a name. And I thought, well, we've all heard the saying, go the extra mile, go the extra mile, which simply means doing more than the average person would, would do in a typical situation. So for me, it dated all the way back to the Boy Scouts. I'm aware of uh, your time limit here, so we can get this in before the break. But I was a Boy Scout. And one of the great things the scouting program taught uh, us was that you were instructed to leave a campsite better off than it was when you got there, not Mm -hmm. the same, 
not the same. It was not supposed to be just as clean as it was when you arrived, but rather cleaner. And I took that to mean something much bigger, which is what if we just made life better when we left? What if we made life better off having lived here by the time we die, the planet will have been better off. And every circumstance you're in between now and death, what if every place you occupy, you leave that space better off? You leave it with more love, more clarity, more And here compassion. are the tunes. Okay. We'll be right back with Rock Talk with Craig Duzzall. With Glenn. People come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these on Toginet.com. everybody. This is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Rock Talk, teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my... We are back at Rock Talk with Craig Duswalt and my very special guest, Glenn Morshower from the hit show 24, along with about 150 other, at least 150. If you go to IMBD, IMBD... Uh, dot com and type in Glenn Morshower. You the list it just goes it scrolls down and down and down. The list of shows and uh, movies he's done is incredible. In fact, before we get to rooms three and four, Glenn, really really quick, give us an overview of some of the shows that you've done, the big show, big movies, big television shows you've done, and the three I think shows that are coming out in the very near future. What are those? Uh, you bet. The upcoming films uh, for the theaters that are coming out. We just finished shooting. For three months in London, the feature film X-Men First Class, which is a prequel to all of the other X-Men movies, and that will be in the theaters uh, June 1st. And then prior to that, we did Transformers 3, which uh, I played in all three of the Transformer films. That will be out the first week of July. And right in front of that, I did the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Philip Seymour Hoffman, which opens the first week of August. So it's going to be a very busy uh, summer for me in the theaters. And all three films were wonderful experiences. 
uh, and certainly working with Michael Bay on Transformers 3. That was my fifth film to do with Michael, and we had an absolute blast. And, you know, people laughed because he brought me back for the second one, uh, having died in the first one. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so that was that was kind of funny. And he said, you know what, it'll be completely different. I said, how's that? He said, we'll change your name. <laughs> and what so name that did was they change it to? That was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, Wait, I've been at it a name, long time. What name did they change it to? Well, it was Colonel Sharp in the original uh, Transformers. And then when he called me on the phone to, uh, you know, to offer me the second one, I said, are you serious? He said, absolutely. And I said, does, does it in any way bother you that I died in the first one? And he said, no, man, I really enjoy working together. And we're not going to worry about the continuity. He said, we're going to change your name. And he didn't tell me what it would be at the time. He simply sent me a script. And when I looked at the script, I thought he was, I thought he was uh, playing a joke on me because the right. name of the character was General Morshower. <laughs> I love it. And he wound up, uh, that wound up being legit. I went to the wardrobe fitting, and sure enough, it was embroidered uh, on the uniform. And I thought, they're not going to spend time sewing the name into the uniform unless it's real. And when I got there for the first day of filming, he said, Dude, he's the only one, by the way, I'm 51 years old, he's the only person in my life who calls me dude. dude. He said, we, uh, we want to make sure that it's cool with you if we use your last name. I said, sure, that's fine. That's great. Uh, and so, then, uh, some, some other movies you did before that and shows? Um, probably my favorite film of my career is uh, a movie, two war films, actually, one called Black Hawk Down which a lot of people saw, and another one in 1989 called 84 Charlie Mopic, both very uh, powerful war films. And then this year we had a movie uh, about a year ago come out, a small indie film called Desdemona, A Love Story, and I play an Irish priest in the film, and one of those rare uh, opportunities for me to appear in a show where I'm not in uniform or wearing an earpiece or a weapon of some <laughs> right. sort. And then this year, uh, in about two months, we're going to be going to Texas to do a feature that is also a love story, only instead of being a, a priest or a second- or third-tiered character, it's the lead in the film, and it's uh, about a middle-aged man who falls in love with um, a beautiful woman. And I'm really, really excited about being in a role that is so far removed from what audiences have grown accustomed to seeing me in. Very, right. very excited. And you said, you, are you playing the middle-aged man? Well, yeah, I have to at <laughs> some point admit that the reality is I'm not 30 years old anymore. All right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. That's so we've got to wrap up these loops on rooms three and four, yeah, don't so we? so let's go to room three and four right now. Okay, let me, for review, for anyone who's there taking notes, room one was the fear and doubt room that is called inability, meaning that we are unable to do much of anything from there. Room two is possibility, where we are open-minded to at least discovering more. Now we move into room three, which is probability, probability consciousness, which means we actually move into the choices we make by seeing the likelihood of it going well, that it's actually probable or likely. There is a certain expectation that this will have a favorable outcome. And so there is a leaning 
toward winning. They are absolutely no longer neutral. They, ex- they really expect victory. And from there, we enter what I consider the, the room of absolute manifestation, which is room for inevitability. I love that room. They're not merely hopeful. They're not even uh, expecting it to go well. They see things going well as an absolute inevitability. In other words, it can't go any other way. And I feel that way when I get up. For example, it's not in question in the morning, will I live this day from a place of love? Love is an inevitability in my life. Now, I really want, I want to make this clear to the audience. This is not some stage bit. This is how I absolutely feel in my deepest heart of hearts. When I open my eyes in the morning, I begin my day from a place of absolute gratitude and a full-blown expectation that whether or not it goes well, there are going to be challenges that show up from time to time. That's just life being life. But will I process those challenges from a place of love and a place of, of good feeling? Do I want to anoint every circumstance that I'm in with my A game? And my A game is love. There's not a higher game available for me to bring to the table than the A game of love. And, and I really I don't like the term uh, game so much there because it could, it could be misconstrued to have people believe that love on some level is a game. So let's just call it my best version of me rather than my A game because it isn't a game. My best version of me is when I am coming from both love and gratitude and when I honor to the nth degree the golden rule which means that I will never treat someone in a manner that I would not myself like to be treated, plain and simple. And if I follow, that's honestly, Craig, that's why I figure they don't call it the brass rule. They don't call it the aluminum rule. (laughs) It is the golden rule. And when we come from love, gratitude, and adhere to the golden rule, what do you know? Life tends to work. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, just, that called uh, for a moment of silence. I love no, it. No, no, no. You know why? Because I, I, I just love that stuff. And, and every time you do one of my uh, seminars, I, I just sit there in like, wow, just you know, just getting it in. May, may I take this a little bit further? Sure. Because what I want to bring across today is I'm discovering more and more as I pay close attention to life. And that's a big thing for one thing is if you want your life to just be better, You know, forget about it being absolutely great instantly if you're just ready to experience a better version of life so that today it's a little better than yesterday, and this is true exponentially so that by the end of the week or by the end of the month, it is now significantly better than you remember it being. That begins, it absolutely does, with becoming more aware, Mm -hmm. to become more conscious of every aspect of your life. And one of the big shifts here is to, to really remember that we are machinery, and there is a triangle of emotional, spiritual, and physical that we, we have to address all those. And I know so many people who treat their bodies as though it isn't a machine, and right. it is a machine. And one of the things the machine needs is more water. And do you know that on the simple prescription of more water better rest, more love, 
and more gratitude. Interesting thing that you could write out a prescription, drink more water, get good rest, none of this three hours a night habit, good rest, more love and gratitude, and watch your life begin to get better. And it seems that so many of the problems we face show up as a result of believing on some level that we don't have to live by a set of any sort of rules. Right. And there are rules for the machinery to operate at maximum efficiency. So when we say yes to these rules, all of a sudden our creativity and our potentiality, they go through the roof because we're playing by the rules of our own design. And the rules that you're mentioning, I mean, let's face it here. I do the same thing. I have these rock star rules. If everyone just did these very unbelievably basic things, foundational things every single day, the four things that you just mentioned are pretty darn easy to do. It's not rocket science, you know? If we would all just do that, just do those four little things alone that you just mentioned, our lives would be so much better, so much more fulfilling, uh, and so much peace, so much more peaceful. You know, the stress level of everybody today is just ridiculously through the roof because they don't follow any of these four rules. I agree. Right. And we can make a fifth one, which, and, and none of these are in descending order. In other words, they're all tied for number one. One is not more important than right. the other. They're all right. the same in value. And the fifth one that I would list is absolutely adhere to the golden rule. You know, a simple adjustment in consciousness for people to, before they make a decision, to reverse the decision and place themselves on the receiving end of it, rather than this, this is just what I want to do. And by the way, this is a great spin on choice making. Instead of saying, do I want this? And then fill in the blank, whatever the this is. How about this, Craig? How about do I want the consequence right. of this? Right. Not do I want this. Do I want the consequence of this? So for those of you who are eating bonbons and laying on the couch all day, <laughs> instead of saying, wow, I just want to chill and eat bonbons and lay on the couch all day every day, the question becomes, do I want the consequence of this? Because mm -hmm. there are consequences of, for every choice we make. And unfortunately, in today's society, uh, we've been misled to believe that there is such a thing as a consequenceless decision. Yeah. But nothing could be further from the truth, because every choice we make has a consequence attached to it. So when we become more consequence conscious, boy, there's a tricky one, consequence yeah. conscious, then we tend to make better choices in life, because we understand that for every choice there's an outcome. Absolutely. You know, Natasha and I talk about this all the time. We just had this discussion this morning, Glenn, about choices. You know, some people are, we, we, we are now going to a private school. Our kids are now going to a private school up here in Santa Clarita. And people are just like, oh, well, you're too good for us now. And, well, you have so much more money. No, it's not that we have so much more money, but we choose to spend our money wisely and save our money and be able to do things because we think our kids are so important. Uh, we're going to go to break right now. When we come back, we have another call. Call and we will be back with Glenn Morshower to wrap things up. If you want to call, please call the TogiNet radio station at 877-864-4869. We'll be right back with Glenn Morshower. How to be 
perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these on Tokinet.com. Come be a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people in other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood. Real moms in the real world. You get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's real moms in the real world. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Rock Talk, teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my... We are back with our special guest today, Glenn Morshauer, and we're going to take a call from Kelly. I think this is my 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 favorite Kelly of the world. Is this <laughs> Kelly? Kelly? It is Kelly. It's Sector Nine One One. How you doing, Craig? I'm great. How are you, dear? I am looking forward to March and seeing you at the boot camp and learning lots more about how to be a marketing rock star. I love it. How is Costa Rica? Costa Rica was amazing, and as I sit here listening to Glenn Morshauer, my my amazing hero in so many ways, I I realize that it is about getting the sleep, the rest, and 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 just being good to yourself in order to be true to yourself. Glenn, how are you, sir? Honey, I am so well. How nice to hear from you. I um I listened to your CD, and I am just taken to a different place. Can I just say that? Well, of course you can, you know, and, and one of the things that shows up in that CD, because we can keep building on this list. It doesn't stop at number five. In fact, I want to put three circles around number six, and I didn't have this locked and loaded. There's something about you saying that you enjoyed the CD that made me think that there is another dimension that really, really ramps up our experience of breathing air on this beautiful blue ball. 
and that is to have fun. To have fun. Big, big one. You know, to, you to not just stop at love and not just stop at gratitude and getting enough rest and drinking enough water and following the golden rule, but a great question to ask ourselves and our loved ones is, how much fun am I having? How much fun are, are you having? And sadly, a lot of people reserve the standard two weeks a year for vacation, and that's the time they label fun. However, two weeks out of 52 is not going to cut it. It's That's not sad, enough. So we've yeah. got to find ways to have fun. You say, well, I'm working. Well, you know what? You can have fun while you work, and one of the ways you can do that is one day in the morning when you get up, there is no reason not to, at least once every few months, <laughs> stick some baby marshmallows between your toes <laughs> and then put socks around them and have it just be a wonderful secret between you and you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Glenn, I've got to ask you a question, though, because it's been, it's been just a, a, a quiz for me. How do you, and, and I do this with my leaders, with business leaders, when I coach them to not only be a role model and consider the consequences um, for them, for the people around them, but also for themselves, what kind of consequences are they they looking at or considering as leaders? But for you, because we all have our bad times, our bad days, our bad moments, what have you, how do you change that up? How do you change that, those gears so that what you're role modeling is true to your philosophy, true to your mission, true to you? Um, if I'm If I'm understanding this correctly, you're saying how do you handle that when it's, when it gets difficult or challenging? Yes. I'm, I'm just want to make not, sure I understand your question. You're right. You're right. When it's not easy, when it's not, when it's not, um, you're not conscious of that moment and trying to make it better. Rather, you're caught up in other people's negativity, other people's bad stuff. Right. How do you switch gears? How do you change it up for you if you'd forgot your marshmallows between the toes that morning? Right. Well, what I do is I always remember that I am a part of a much bigger puzzle. However, I'm still a part of it, and therefore I matter. In the same way, and, and this is a, a beautiful metaphor for this, we could take a grain of sand at the beach, and we could say, well, wow, one grain of sand is relatively meaningless. And yet, if every grain of sand of its own volition decided to get up and refuse to play its role in the beach, if each grain of sand got up and you gave it legs and it walked away, and said, you know what, I'm just not a beach. I don't matter. I'm a grain of sand. And it left, if they all left, we would have no beach. You know, we are, we are part of a magnificent puzzle. Have you ever had the experience of working on one of these huge thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles, the ones that are mm -hmm. very complex and it's a beautiful mountain scenery or whatever it is, and you do those and you get to the end of the box and some joker who's been doing the puzzle with you has decided to put a piece in their own pocket. They've decided to hide that last piece. And you realize how frustrating it is because the puzzle is not complete until you drop that last piece in there. And then you go, oh, what a difference between that piece being there or not being there. The reason I'm saying this is that when I show up to any circumstance, I realize that I am responsible for my authenticity, one, and my contribution to that situation. I am not responsible for anyone's reaction to it. 
I'm just responsible for coming from that golden rule consciousness that says, I will anoint this situation that I am in with the best version of me that I can give it, and then be complete in that and walk so, away. No matter so what I the reaction leave. is, I've done what I was designed to do. And if someone okay. has a problem with it, that problem is really on them, and it's and it's not not really a concern of mine. As long as I'm coming from love, I've done the best job I can do, and that's all there is for me. I like that. So if it's for my business leaders as they try to exemplify that same philosophy, they're responsible to their employees, not for them? Would that be right? Yes, and also and, and in that, making sure that they are treating the employees in the same way that were they to be an employee, they would wish to be treated. Okay. I mean, that's it's a fairly simple law to follow that you don't want, and you, and you definitely want to cast out any false belief in there being levels. Levels are nonsense. Mm. You know, the the fact that someone is an underling because they, quote, work for me. The reality is we all work together. I mean, it's understood like, that you have an employer. Do you know that years ago, many years ago, without getting into a long story, I'll just tell you this, one of the greatest moments in my entire life was when I worked in a restaurant in my 20s, and a general manager told me, you will do as you're told, I am your boss. I immediately looked him right in the eye and I said, I beg to differ with you, God is my boss, you are my employer. Good. I said that to the man, and as you can well imagine, he had nothing to say. (laughs) There was no response. And so I pointed out for him that you're my employer. You're not bigger than me. You're not better than me. You're the guy who runs the corporation. But both of us need each other. And that's an important part. You could ask yourself, what is the most important part of an automobile, the engine or the tires? And everyone will tell you the engine. And yet I've never seen a car be able to go anywhere without tires. Mm. So while the engine may control the power of the car, the tires are an absolute necessity. So everybody's got a part to play. And that's my, that's my it, pitch. Especially like the grain of sand on the beach if you're part of the whole. And, and I like that. I, I, I still want to know how you flip the switch, though, if somebody tries to take you down that negative path. Instead of um, going down that path, what is it that immediately comes to mind to change your focus? Well, what immediately comes to mind is that you have a choice. Nobody can take you down a path that you're not willing to join them on. Good. You know? Good. You, you use Good. the expression, take you down a path. That's a choice. When, when someone's making an effort to invite you down a path that you wish, you wish to not walk with them, then you simply have to go. What this comes down to is an issue of self-esteem, where you mm-hmm. have enough regard for yourself to say, wait a minute. I don't belong on this path with this person, and I have enough love for myself to not allow it. I like that. You know, we we have to draw boundaries of what we're willing to accept and not accept. That's exactly right, and it is something that people forget when they get on that other, they put themselves at a different level, like you said, and they think that they have, you know, they are more important or they have more important things to do and I think it is something that our, our business leaders are losing focus on. So I thank you very much for that. I, I just really wanted to know how you do that. 
Because you betcha. That's a natural. Natural. And, just, and you got to well, have fun. You know, every every great business leader I've ever seen, if they knew how to invite their employees into having fun, they had a staff that would do anything for them because that's how they're keeping the wheels greased. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> hey, uh, Kelly, thank you so much for calling in. we got about uh, two thank minutes you. left. Thank you. Uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks, and I'll probably talk to you uh, early next week, Kelly. Yes, thank you, Craig, and thank you so much, Glenn. We'll you bet, Kelly. Soon. I'll see you in March. All right. Thank you, sir. So, uh, Glenn. Uh, yes, basically, sir. So here's the deal. So this, obviously, uh, this show right here is part one because we need to bring you back because there's so much more I want to talk about. <laughs> and, um, uh, I, I think we'll do, like, maybe eight parts or something like that or something. Can I just so, tell you um, how much I enjoyed Kelly's questions? I thought, I thought that they were very, very pinpointed, and, uh, and I love when people get to the meat of matters. Yeah. No, she's good. She's uh, one of my coaching clients, a very, very, very successful uh, person. Her name is Kelly Rasmussen, and uh, she's Dr. 911. She was a former uh, dispatcher for emergency vehicles, and now she's a speaker uh, teaching, well, she teaches classes on how to be a dispatcher and how to deal with that, but now she's teaching uh, corporate triage for uh, for um for corporate triage, basically, uh, teaching people how to uh, fix what's pro- what the problem is in the workplace. So, yes, geez, and I have a fairly sense. good memory, and if my memory is working today, I believe that Kelly is from Michigan. Very good, Glenn. You have an amazing memory. Well, we have to, because if we, if we stumble on our lines, they do this weird thing called firing you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Being an actor, that's right. You've probably mastered the memorization thing. Now, you've, you've done numerous uh, things where you, you tell me story after story of on set where, you know, you, you get your script the night before and, you, you know, you're ready to go on the set. And then two minutes before you go on, oh, uh, Glenn, here's the new script. Didn't that happen to you basically like in Moneyball with Brad Pitt? Uh, it did, but it happened in a, in a bigger way in Transformers where I had gotten the material uh, in the makeup trailer, which means I've got about 15 minutes to consider right. what we're doing. And then I went back to my dressing room, and there was a knock on the door. And this AD looked so apologetically at me and said, I'm so sorry. He actually said those words. He says, I'm so sorry. And he reaches from behind his back. He whips out my brand-new script and says, they're going to be ready to shoot this in about three minutes. Oh, my gosh. Well, this was uh, Rock Talk with Craig Doeswell. Here are the tunes, Glenn. Thank you so much for coming on. We will talk way more with Glenn. We'll have him on again. This is Rock Talk with uh, Craig Doeswell. We'll be back next week with another special guest. Glenn, thank you so much, buddy. Talk to you soon. My pleasure.